Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Next, what's happening? What you gonna do? You got the money you owe us, motherfucker? We're putting the band back together. You were the backbone, the nerve center of a great rhythm and blues band. You can make that live, breathe, and jump again. Well, me and the Lord, we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. So what happens now? Is the food free, or do we pay someone? Of course not. They send you a bill. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, he's ready. Yes, indeed. We'll do it live. They came to work every day, and there were no days off. The show goes on. Almost no days off. Andy, you took almost no days off due to illness in our 16-year run together on the Team 980. Not almost. None. No days off. <laughs> Literally not almost. Did you ever take a mental health day? No. No, I don't need that. I, I don't work in that kind of work. I work in the playground of life. So, uh, No. <laughs> I hear you on that, man. And never once was so sick you couldn't come in. No. I, well, there was one day that I was considering it. And because of some kind of scheduling, the way it worked for the postgame show for the then Redskins, we had to do it on a Monday. So I didn't want to miss that. So I came in on a Monday. Didn't really feel like it. But other than that, it's yeah. been 37 years, I think, without a sick day. Well, I love it. You are the Iron Man of our business, no question about it. So we're taping this tonight right before the first of two 
two, two, two Monday night football games. And there will be apparently multiple double headers on Monday night starting next year mm-hmm. for the NFL's new television package. And people are bitching up a storm tonight about the fact that the games are not East Coast, West Coast, and sequenced. Instead, they're sort of, they're sort of stacked on top of each other. The first one in Buffalo, then the second one in Philly, about an hour and a half apart. Yeah, I think this is the best way to do it. Uh, they are not, as I understand it, going back to these 10 or 10-15 starts, which are way too late. And I believe within five years that this will be the norm on Monday night, that there will be two games. And in the case of ABC, ESPN, ESPN+, Plus, whatever other streaming platforms they have, they get four and a half hours of primetime television. And that's the way it's going to be. Okay, but what about the argument that the NFL is playing with fire in this regard? The appeal of the NFL has always been that in the primetime windows, there has only always been the game, Mm -hmm. and it's always been on TV. They're now starting to challenge both of those bedrock principles – with Thursday, where the game is not on TV, and now Monday night, where there isn't the game, there's two games. In other words, how do you say the NFL is not becoming a little bit more like the NBA? Where, oh yeah, there's two more games on Monday. There are games all over the place. No, but uh, that gives them more product for people to bet on, more <laughs> primetime hours to be gobbled up on television. And boy, don't you know that the networks want this. As a matter of fact, since you bring this up, why don't you climb on Grandpa Andy's knee? I am now Grandpa, so you can call me Grandpa. Congratulations, literal Grandpa Andy. Okay, I'm sitting on your knee. Is that all right? Am I too heavy, Andy? Yeah, so while I was researching this, uh, this happened in 1973. So it was 49 years ago last week that President Nixon signed into law uh, the abolition of the old blackout rules, that a game that was being played in the NFL would be blacked out on television within a 75-mile radius. And that begat the 72-hour rule, which meant that if the game was sold out 72 hours in advance, that the game could be shown on local television. And Pete Rozelle, who really understood television and understood media, right. was complaining that this had gone through. They had tried to, to stop it, and he wondered whether the NFL would become overexposed because it would be available to so many on television, and it wouldn't be something that would be a destination to want to go to the game. So here we are 49 years later. And you're bemoaning the fact that there isn't every single game that's in prime time fully out there. Now, you were at the Packer game last night, right? Yes, I was. And you were probably among some very, very happy people watching that game. But the rest of the country went, this stinks. (laughs) The game's over. You know, it was a 14-point game with eight minutes to go, and the Bears had it first and goal at the one-inch line or third and goal at the one-inch line, couldn't get it in. Fourth and goal, I think it was. Review came in. It's funny because replay saved the initial bad call of it being a touchdown, right? But then on the fourth down play where it looked like he might have ticked the end zone, replay could not conclusively determine whether or not that was the case. 
Oh, here we go. So, well, it just has its limits is my point. You know, there's know. now people. So that now the replay types or the fairies, as I call them, because they're, they want everything to be fair. You know, life ain't fair, Andy. It's what our fathers taught us, right? Yep. The, the fairies now don't just want more replay all the time. They want microchips in the ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, I know that microchips in the ball exists in soccer in Europe, but in the NFL, you'd have to have microchips all over the ball. You'd have to have them on every square inch of the surface of the ball, and you'd have to have an accurate enough microchip to detect it barely ticking the plane of the goal line. And you'd have to rely on that never failing once, which we know technology fails all the time. The NFL had the lights go out at the freaking Super Bowl once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it just, to me, it's so, we're now at the point where we can see so microscopically on everything. The only arguable calls left are the ones that are so close, they virtually don't matter. Yeah, I suppose. Look, they, they got this fixed in tennis, so it would seem that they could do it in football. Well, okay, people say they seem. I mean, I, I, I say to those who say, well, why don't we get a system like tennis? Okay, what technology are you going to use? What technology is used for Cyclops, Andy? I, I don't know, but there, there, there was a guy by the name of John McEnroe who made a career of arguing with the chair umpires, and he wouldn't have anything to do now in regards to that. Cyclops used in tennis is a computer system co-invented by a couple of people out of England, and it's activated uh, by the line umpire before each serve. It uses five or six infrared horizontal beams of light. One beam covers the short side of the service line. The other covers the fault side of the service line. And if a ball hits the first beam, the other beams are turned off, while a long serve will break one of the other beams on the other side of the line. What's required, though, is nothing impeding that infrared you know, vision down the line. Yeah. In the NFL, the goal line, what's impeding your sight of the ball? 22 angry men, right? Right. Okay. So, well, they, so let the scientists figure it out. Uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's, here's the thing. I don't think they're going to figure it out. I don't think there's a technology that's feasible that would actually work for the kind of precision that the average uh, fairy would insist upon. So you just have to deal with it. But let me go back to the television part of it. So tonight I'm thinking about the people bitching up a storm about, you know, I can't watch both games. And what have I advocated for low, near 20 years now? Multiple televisions. Exactly. You're not there yet, are you? No, no. You, you've been working me over on that for probably 15 years. Have I, so mo- I, have I moved you at all? There. I did get you to move into the high def era, and you thanked me for that because it was glorious. Oh, I was I was an early uh, entrant into that, and uh, and it was expensive, and the technology wasn't nearly as good no, as it, it was is shitty. Now. You had to get bulb replacements for the TVs, oh, yeah. and yeah, oh, it yeah. was a whole Michigas, as you would say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, but so uh, if you don't have multiple TVs, a lot mm-hmm. of people have iPads or computers that they can get the game, the second game on as well. So mm-hmm. it's really, in terms of hardships, it's nothing. Sports viewing hardships television-wise, let's go over some of them. You mentioned the blackout rule in the NFL. Tell people where you had to go watch Redskin games once upon a time. Well, like I say, 75 miles. So there would be people who would 
rent hotel rooms like in Hagerstown or, or some of the outlying areas uh, in of Pennsylvania. the market. Right. You yeah, drive up to the Pennsylvania yeah. border from the D.C. market 75 miles or more away. Did you not do that once? Uh, well, we actually were on a family trip. Um, and, and this was one of the two games that led to this happening. The Redskins, who had not been in the playoff, well, they'd been in the playoffs the year before, but it was a road game at San Francisco. So this was the first home playoff game, like in 30 years in Washington against the Green Bay Packers. And uh, people could not watch it on local television. And there was a lawyer by the name of Robin Ficker who took it all the way to the Supreme Court to try and get an injunction to show the game. I had the support of President Nixon because Nixon wanted to hang out in the Oval Office and watch the game. Big sports fan. And uh, and it didn't happen. And so uh, then the following week, they played the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, and he did it again. And again, it was turned down. The Super Bowl that was played that year in Los Angeles between the Dolphins and the Redskins, with the Dolphins becoming the only undefeated team, that was blacked out in L.A. People in that market that's, couldn't watch the game. That's yeah. fucking crazy. And there was a time in the early aughts when things were really crazy with Danny and his ownership regime of the team. And he was doing all kinds of crazy zigging and zagging that I said to you, I see the trajectory here, Andy, and I predict if this doesn't change, home blackouts in less than 10 years. To which you, To which you scoffed. But yep. then as it got more and more close as a reality, what happened? Well, as it got a reality, became a reality, first they started lying about it, uh, whether it was a sellout or not. Then they started pulling out seats <laughs> and they started covering up seats. And finally, the NFL said, OK, we're doing away with blackouts. Yeah. But if, if, if they still had them, yeah, yeah. We, the home games would not be televised. If they still had home blackouts in the NFL, there wouldn't have been a Redskin or football team or commander game on television in the last four years, at least? At least, at least, yeah. <laughs> That's just unbelievable. So there is a little bit of sports TV watching hardship. I'll give you another. The NBA Finals used to be on tape delay. Right. Remember that? Right. Oh, yeah, and the, and the local sportscaster would say, okay, if you don't want to know the results, turn away <laughs> from the television for just a minute. I'm going to put up some scores here. It was, and, only, uh, it was only Bird and Magic and Stern that dragged it into the live TV era. So we're talking as recently as 1978 that the oh, NBA yeah. Finals were not shown live. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't even think Magic was 1980, was rookie year. That's uh, when they beat Philadelphia. I don't think those were – I think it was probably like 82, 83 before they uh, removed it into primetime. Okay. All right, Grandpa Andy, here's another one. Sports mm-hmm. television hardships. Remember when you used to have to go to the D.C. Armory to see a big boxing match because it was on closed-circuit television? Right. Well, sometimes big movie theaters would show them. But, yeah, if you wanted to see, uh, like, an Ali Frazier fight uh, live, that's how you would have to do it. You would have to go to a movie theater to see it in closed-circuit. Sure. (laughs) That's just – there were so many things along the way. Give me some – Listeners, uh, followers, please send me emails. Sports television hardships, real <laughs> hardships that make tonight's, you know, fact that there's two NFL games in high definition, streamable, an hour and a half apart, not a hardship in the big scheme of things. 
Well, I mean, you know, kids, kids in my generation would talk about putting the transistor radio under the pillow to listen to the game because uh, now in New York, I don't think this was the case because I've you know known people my age who grew up watching most Met and Yankee games. But uh, growing up here in Washington, we had maybe 20 Senators games shown on television throughout the year. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and here's another romantic thing from the past is World <laughs> Series games until 1971 were always played in the afternoon. And if oh, you were in school, yeah. you know, you'd sneak the transistor radio in and try and run the uh, earplug piece up your <laughs> sleeve and like try secret and secret you know, service. <laughs> yeah, try and do it. Try and do or, it that way. Or if you had yeah. a really cool teacher, they would wheel in the AV cart, yeah, and they would it, let you watch. It, it had to be like a game that was of interest in your area. If it was two random teams in baseball that were out of the market, that usually didn't happen. Yeah. TV hardship, sports viewing. Once upon a time, if you wanted satellite, you had to have an eight-foot steerable, as they called them, satellite dish. So mm-hmm. it was mounted in your backyard, and it had a motor attached to it with a remote that was like built by an engineer that you would then steer onto specific coordinates, like you know North 276, West 419. Okay, I think I've got KMOX out of St. Louis. Yep. I'm going to watch a Cardinals game. But those right. were rare. Like, you had to both, you know, be really dedicated to getting television and have enough property to have a huge satellite dish in the backyard. Or, or you were Mel Kuyper, and you got your oh. father to install a satellite dish on your row house in Baltimore. Get and, out of here. Yeah, and he was, that's how he would get college football games back in the day. And he had access that, that few other people had, so he could actually – see these players sure that was a that was a big thing here's a, a fun fact for you apparently robin yount here in milwaukee when he got his 3000th hit mm-hmm. they only have sort of wide angle shaky uh in stadium camera footage of it because the game andy was not on television oh, anywhere yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, when, when I lived in my apartment in Dallas, when I first moved there, 81, uh, fall of 81, we didn't have cable in the in the apartment complex. There was some type of a dish that was in the parking lot that allowed me access to like eight cable channels, including WGN. I worked mornings. So I used to come home in the afternoon and uh, watch Harry Carey uh, broadcast the Cubs on, on GN. And we had a movie channel. And that was about it. It wasn't yeah. there really wasn't much available. And one last thing, this is something that MLB is supposedly, they say they're working on to resolve. But the true hardship that does currently exist is that there are baseball fans who pay MLB.tv exorbitant amount of money, a huge amount of money every year, a couple hundred bucks, to supposedly stream every game. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the blackout rules in Major League Baseball with their streaming service are egregious. Like yeah, if you're a are. Rockies fan... In the Plain States, the coverage area for what they define as the Rockies market, it's like 500 miles in a circumference. So you're fucked if you are a baseball fan that wants to watch the Rockies and you live in Nebraska. They're like, well, just drive to the game. Fuck you. It's 400 miles away. Baseball has botched this so badly. I mean, they need to expose their product as much as they can. And selling these games to Apple TV and 
other Michigas like that. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, they sold their soul to the regional cable networks, and they got a lot mm. of money from them. But the landscape's changing, and I think they have to do pivot with that. The NFL, as you mentioned, they realized a while ago, you know, we're a TV product now. We're yep. a TV product where we'll still get enough people going to games. We may not jam every stadium all the way to the top, but that's a small part of our business. Right, and they make so much money that when the players start bitching about having a Thursday night game every week, they just throw another billion at them and say, shut up, we're doing yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago, well, maybe 30 years, but it, it was oh, so, uh, there was a period of time when only half the schedule was seen on Thursday night. Like the first eight weeks of the season, there were no Thursday night games. Right. And now that's considered to be a staple. Yeah. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, um, I think I have good news for you. Okay. It looks like our trip to the commies game against the Packers is off. Oh, why? Well, my producer, Josh, is not going to be able to make it to town. So my desire to show him hell and to show him (laughs) the the experiential difference between hallowed Lambeau Field and its environs with uh, desolate Ral John, Maryland, is no longer going to happen. So I thought, why would I go to the game then if that's the case? And I thought about you, and I'm like, well, is Andy still going to want to go? Well, I could I could host you at, at my house, and you could watch on my sixty five inch TV ooh. if you'd like. Ooh, I could. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Maybe instead of going to the stadium, I'll yeah. I'll go to your house, and we'll do like a video podcast at halftime. The experiential, the Andy Poland experience watching the game. You know, we went to the game. Uh, you know, first game, and I told this story yesterday on the podcast. We almost got into a full-blown fight with a guy who was the size of a, a mana refrigerator next to us. 
because he, he accused my producer, Josh, of manspreading and not closing his legs in the very tight, you know, bleachers that is Lambeau Field. You know, there's not individual seats, right? Oh, it's all bleachers. Man, that's, oh. that's a that's a football experience. Wow. It, 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 and it sucks. And it was, you know, the, the, the average American uh, size and girth in 1924, yeah. slightly smaller than today. Yeah. Although, although all those games that are played there in the winter where people are bundled up in 12 layers of clothing, don't they take up a lot more room on the bench than you would think? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's brutal. It, you are packed in like yeah. sardines but it's Ooh. also kind of cool because you're so packed in you're not just getting up willy-nilly to go to the concourse like you're there that crowd at lambo they yeah. arrive early and it is jammed full for kickoff which oh, yeah. i think is pretty rare so it's a it's a unique experience but i'm gonna go to every home game this year for the packers we've committed to that all right as a show mm-hmm. it'll be the most games i've been to in my life in yeah. a single season. It'll be by far the most I've been to in, in my life. It's like having season tickets. And while it seemed like a lot of fun and a great idea back in June or July when we're so thirsty for football, I'll be honest right now, Andy. I'm sort of thinking, God, I'm going to miss a lot of NFL Sundays on the couch. Doing I know. The, the, the product, the home product is so much better. Now, that there was a time when I was a reporter, like in Dallas, uh, where I would have to go to all the home games. So that was sort of routine. But that was press, so it's a little different experience than, uh, yeah. you know, being in the stands. But in those days, the viewing experience was better. But now, no, it's much better to be at home. Much better. Yeah. And while the early games on Sunday were looking like a snooze fest, for quite a while, and I Ooh. said to myself while we were waiting in our tailgate trailer, I'm like, ah, you know what? Not a bad Sunday. I'm not missing a whole lot. Then things exploded in the fourth quarter with four, three fourth-quarter comebacks of 13 or more points. By the way, last year they only had like two fourth-quarter comebacks in the entire league in the fourth quarter of 13 or more points. There's a fun no, fact for you right there. It, it, it's amazing, and uh, I guess you were probably getting ready for your game, but the Kyler Murray performance in the Arizona-Vegas game was unbelievable. You've seen the highlights, haven't you? I have, yes, and and we're oh. going to talk about the, the fan high five oh, gone God. wrong in just a second. But, yeah, no, Murray was spectacular, and that's why they gave him all the money and the stupid homework clause about reading, you know, watching film. I mean, look, the guy's an NFL talent. He's a quarterback that you can't replicate. Enough of this. Oh, you got to watch film. Like, you just have to trust him. He's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not going to be conventional, and he's going to, you know, blow it sometimes. But what he's able to do, I mean, I liken this to, like, when I was in elementary school. Every Every schoolyard had a guy like this. And he just couldn't catch him. He was just so much, so, you right. know, and he would go on to, to be a high school star and then yeah. he went on to college. Well, this is the NFL. All these guys are supposed to be the greatest of the great. He's making them look like us, like us old schlubs from, yeah. from, from high school. You know, the, we couldn't catch up to this guy. It's you know amazing. What, you know what he is? He's Flutie 3000. At least. He, Flutie 3000, the new and improved model. Yeah, he's, he he stops on a dime, 
faster. It, it's like it's like Flutie might be like a, a Corvette. He's a Lamborghini. Oh he yeah, he is unbelievable. And he's just a little tiny guy. Oh yeah, yeah little tiny a little guy. Joystick. Boop, boop, right. boop, 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 you know, like Frogger. You know. So <laughs> before we work. get to the fan high five, I just thought about this. So I'm gonna be going to eight Packer home games this year, and I'm gonna enjoy it. And it, it last night was. Beautiful weather. It was the warmest it's ever going to be all year in Green Bay. It, oh, only yeah. gets, it only gets colder and nastier from here. But anyway, I thought to myself, what would the ideal dosage of in-person NFL games if you're a, a real devoted fan of a team? And here is my theory as to what would be a good dosage. And I'm eager to see some of the email responses to this once people listen to the episode here. I think it's two and two, Andy. Two home games and two road trips. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So that's yeah, four yeah. games total, two of them in interesting cities where you get the road experience, and it's only a quarter of the whole season. So three quarters of the season spent on your ass on the couch where the NFL is really its best, and then four games watching your team. What do you think? I I. I sign up for that you would and, okay and, and also if if you have if you have playoffs playoffs can play of all of them playoffs if, if it's three if it's three road games you go to three road games if they play one at home and two on the road whatever it takes so you're but saying you're so you're saying two and two and then you are a full commit for every step of the postseason one. right no matter no wow. matter where they go where they play you're there. Yeah. Okay. So apparently a, a Raider fan, it looked like, in Raider gear, yeah. quote, not high five, but he hit Kyler Murray in the face after yep. Kyler Murray's game-winning two-point, not, no, not game-winning, the game-tying two-point conversion, I believe. Or it might have been mm-hmm. after the game. Game was over. They're running off the field. Kyler Murray goes yeah. to the end zone. It's a scoop and score that won the game. Right. But Kyler Murray, I think this was as they were heading to the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. He goes yeah. to the end zone, spots a small gaggle of Cardinal fans in the front row. He violently high-fives one of the Cardinal fans in celebration. So it created a very chaotic sort of scrum where he just comes flying in with a roundhouse high-five. And several other fans start to try to reach and paw for him, as is the case when a player gets close to the fans. And it looked like a Raider fan reached over and grazed Kyler Murray's face with his open hand. And now they're going to make a federal crime of it, apparently. Well, I I saw it as more violent than you did. Really? I I thought so. Yeah, I I thought he really got hit the way it it looked to me. With an open hand? Yeah, I mean. What are you going to charge him with? Assault? I guess. I, I, I don't know. How, I mean, do you, how, how would you prove that he wasn't trying to high-five Kyler Murray? Yeah, I mean... That, Just I, because I, he had I, Raider gear? And that, and that you, I guess there is some responsibility of the player when he does go into the stands like that uh, to do that. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it'll be adjudicated in some kind of a way. I really... You know, I the, my in first glance, I thought the guy was overly aggressive from what I saw. In the video. I I agree. I also thought Kyler Murray was overly aggressive. Yeah, uh, but okay. you know, well. I, you know, here's the thing: there have been Packer opponent players who have done the Lambo leap, mm-hmm. where they you know say, "All right, I'm here, let's do it," and they jump up into the stands, and they get pushed out. You know, they get yeah. kind of rejected. Are we now going to prosecute Packer fans for pushing players out of the stands? No, because I think you take your 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 own safety in your hands. Oh, uh, okay. Do that. Okay. Yeah. 
but so. just because you're on the road, though. Yeah, I know. I know. It's 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 it did, gets did to be Kyler a Murray, Did Kyler Murray take his own risk by going up to some fans, knowing there might be Raider fans there? To some degree, but okay. if the fan was overly aggressive, I think that there should be some prosecution there. What if the fan had on a Cardinals jersey? Again, if if there was facial same, contact, so same uh, you know, same fan Cardinals look, jersey, facial contact, you're going to convict him of assault. I I don't know if it's assault, but but you know you're you're you're, you're putting you're gonna, this in front of gonna, me, Judge Wapner, okay. and I don't and I haven't prepared a brief, <laughs> so I'm really I'm just going off some video that I've seen, and I haven't gone as deep in thought as you have. On okay, this. all right. Yeah. Uh, did you, have you seen RG three on ESPN? on their Monday night package, and are you able to say, you know what, he's actually taking to this TV thing pretty well? He's great at it. Wow. He's not just good. He's great at it. Okay. And I've seen him do some things. Stop the presses, everybody. Andy Poland rarely is this effusive in praise, and rare that a person who has been deemed a shithead in Andy's <laughs> general world, like RG3 was... Mm-hmm. Can be redeemed in Andy Poland's mind. I'm all ears. Well, he's he's good at this medium. Uh, so is Alex Rodriguez, who I think is right. an even bigger s bag than <laughs> than, than RG three. So there, there's but but I've seen him do some things where he's having to ad lib. Uh, he I mean he just really has. I mean look he's he's very narcissistic. He he has always taken to the television camera. So this is sort of a natural transition for him. Now, is he full of crap on a lot of stuff? Yeah, I think so. But he's also... I don't, I don't think any more know. than anyone else. Like, I yeah. I actually listen to former players' points of analysis. And mm-hmm. I, I really key in to say and to think, is this ex-player giving me something of value? And RG3, I believe, delivers some valuable... Insights. He's not just a cliche guy. Exactly. I agree. So, and he uh, does seem I, natural and comfortable, and has a good on-camera rapport with his fellow ex-players and the hosts, without being a douchebag, which is hard because it's easy to get into the mode of jocularity, mm-hmm. as some would call it, where it's fake and you know phony. I think uh, I think he's really good. I, I tell you, the one show that has gone, uh, not gone, it's so stale, it's so terrible, is Fox's NFL pregame. With yeah, that's the one I usually watch. But yeah, I, I, I really, yeah, I it's mean, so Bradshaw fake. It's so done. empty calories, Andy. It's the worst. You know what? You know what else they've done? It, it, Jimmy Johnson is now such a big star. He thinks, or they think, that he he only comes to Los Angeles when they have the double header. So when they don't, they have him from his house. And when they do their group discussion, he's a television set. He's a box in the middle of the room, and there are four other analysts there. What do you need him for? Right. I mean, you know, it it, it really the the whole thing. It, it's it. I think it has been the gold standard over the years, and it changed how all the pregame shows have done. But it's probably run its course. The uh, boxification of big-time television, sports television, you know, what you described where guys are from remote, is one of the worst things to happen, and it's all because of the pandemic. And now the big stars are like, fuck that, I'm not traveling, I'm going to do it from home, you know? And yeah. I-, I would say for the money they're paying him, 
and for the network budgets that they have to fly people places, I would put my foot down and be like, listen, if you want this $3 million a year check, and by the way, what do you think Jimmy Johnson's making? Oh, he's probably making more than that. He's probably making yeah. fifteen million. Yeah. Fifth? No, not not for a pregame show. That's that's Romo money. I bet he's making three to five, which is still a shitload of money for yeah. one day a week of work a week. I would say, without any hesitation, if I had the juice as a network head or as a director, no, you want the money? It's here in the studio. You can come get it, or you yeah. can fuck off. I'm not. Right. I'm not skyping you in today, Jimmy. Sorry. Right. It, it, the, the chemistry of the onset is what you're after. And, you know, it, it used to be that, that Bradshaw would sit next to Howie and, and then Jimmy would sit next to Strahan and it kind of worked okay. But, you know, Jimmy in a box, you're right. Doesn't work. Yeah. All right, Andy, enjoy the two games tonight and we'll work on that. Uh, go to Andy's house for the Commanders-Packers game. Is it okay if I bring a select number of podcast listeners that want to Get the experience as well. No more than 20 or 30. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. All right, yeah. Andy. <laughs> Happy football. Take Happy care. football. See you, buddy. That would be funny. Showing up two dozen strong. Huh? Come on. Who wants to go to Andy's house to watch the game on TV with me and him? That actually would be a riot. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.